Hi, Merlin, man. How's San Francisco? It's time again. Swollen. Swollen. Like a, like a back molar. Like a, what did you call it? A six, six-year-old six year molar? Six-year molars. That's what's going on with cash today. Oh, we, my we God, think. Dan. That's awful. Yeah. How, were you up? Six-year molar. You sure you want to do this? Aren't you kind of tired? Nah. Was, you know, I wasn't asleep yet when he was throwing up, but... <laughs> Hi, welcome to Parenthood. Happy New Year. I'd like to tell you a lot of your father. Oh my God, the poor kid. How are you? You well, sound pretty good. You sound like you've cleared everything out. Healthy, what? sinuses all right up there? Huh? Uh, I, I don't know about that. No, you, no, you can't change the topic now. I mean, Well, they don't know what we were talking about in the pre-show. Okay, all right. You're going to be okay? Can I, should I tell the story for the listeners? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of personal, but not that personal. Yeah, tell him. I think you ever heard of the six-year molar? I never. I literally never heard of the six-year molar. Your daughter is at I've least heard of the seven-year itch. <laughs> it's like that, but kids get it. Yeah. And uh, have you? Your daughter's six or older. Mm-hmm. And uh, she. Uh, she's lost. She's lost uh, two te- teeth. Her two front lower teeth, and that's it. But none of the back molars have come in is that what you're telling me i don't me? think you lose those till you're like 20 <laughs> and and eating a lot of candy no apparently uh you, you, there's something called a six-year molar and these are the back molars that come in when you're six at the same time that you start losing teeth i had no idea about that. oh they're not they're not uh replacing a baby tooth these are brand new is that right they're, they're nothing being replaced okay this is all so they just they just need to erupt that is so true I mean, no, I'm just saying though, it's not like, it's not, it, see, I was just thinking that it had something to do with like an infection with the no. old or something. Oh, no, man. nothing just, like that. This is just the is regular. He a, is yeah, heavy smoker or regular smoker? <laughs> he's, he's moved to camel uh, lights, but they're the wides. You should get one of those wizard cigarettes. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like our friend. Try these Marlboro broads. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, so there's something called the six year molar, right? And Cash has gotten had had gotten one of those in before. No, these are these are coming in, but there's the 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 uh, eruption process, like Eddie Van Halen will tell you, is a long process. Mm. And uh, he so like a week or so ago, he he's always gotten a fever whenever he's gotten teeth in, always, always, his whole life, every tooth. So he had like a fever, but no other real symptoms or anything. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, he, he's, he's got a, like this weird little fever lasted for a few days. And he says, he says, my ear hurts, but he had no, it wasn't stuffed. It wasn't plugged up. We have one of those scopes to let you look in the air and it would, everything was fine. And then I said, is it your ear maybe, or is it like your jaw that's hurting? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's not really my ear. It's down here. It kind of hurts to when I bite, so I felt it and I felt like a, a tooth coming in, in the back, but it wasn't pushing through the gum or anything. And, uh, and so the few days later went away and now this, uh, again, last night. So I don't know. Is this your show? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, this is, I'm curious about this. It's, uh, I can't believe he would let you examine that, but we had a little ear situation last week and, mm. you know, Ugh, she doesn't want to take medicine. She doesn't want us to look at it. 
And now, you know, I had to start pulling out the threats of going to the doctor. Well, you know, if we can't fix it here at home. Because, you know, a, <laughs> right. a, good, a good way to motivate anybody is to make them terrified. Yeah. Um, but I'm, so he would let you, like, open his mouth and, like, look inside and stuff? You know, th- it's, it was the first time he's ever been willing to do it. But, yeah, he's, um, I said, you know, let, let, can, I, can you open your mouth and let me try? And he, he, uh, he allowed it. It's a new, it's almost a new year. I mean, you know, let the old one go. Mm-hmm. So what's the fever come from? I'm guessing you must have, you and your wife must have, must have Googled this for hours. I'm sure you. Oh yeah. So you're satisfied that, that he's, he's not. Well, in, how many teeth did, does a kid get? 20, 22, something like that. Every single time that he would have teeth coming in every time he would get, uh, he would get a, a low, I mean, it's a low grade fever, you know, like it's like a one degree. But it happened every time we looked at it and, and you know who told us it was okay? Dr. Sears said it's all right. From the big, big Dr. Sears book? Yeah. The big guy. Did you, nur- did you nurse him? Like. Yeah. You get him you in mean? bed, let him sleep between you. Uh, and then mm. for like a year, you just let him nurse. Yeah. Either one of you. <laughs> That's fine. Called, called co-parenting or something. Mm-hmm. Co-parenting. Uh, no. It helps you bond. Mm-hmm. No, I, we're, we're pretty bonded now. Took him mm-hmm. to the uh, took him to the museum. We have a museum here that has uh, some dinosaur bones and things like that. He's into bones right now, not in the way you mean, but yeah, he's uh, he's fairly into uh, easy text. Into the dinosaur. Uh, was he excited about his? Uh, I mean, so the the photograph I saw last week was that a, a Christmas present that he was getting, or was that just a on site purchase that day? What did I send you? Oh, you sent me a sideways picture of a fly in an ice cube and what looked like part of a bird. <laughs> a fly oh you're talking about the fossil that was a christmas gift yeah uh was he excited oh yeah that yeah we had to research what kind of bug it was and everything does he have a place where he organizes these things into collections <gasps> oh what a topic merlin what yeah. a topic i should take a picture of the shelves and the the dozens of shoe boxes all labeled that he puts his stuff in he puts his stuff in boxes yeah yeah well oh my uh, god i'm so envious oh well he had to and but he has a tray that's on the counter in the kitchen that he will put all of the dozens of little tiny miscellaneous crap that he's playing with everything from little lego guys to hot wheel cars to you name it that winds up in there that he has to uh he'll put in the tray and then we'll periodically empty the tray and and then he'll start over with putting new stuff in the tray. That's really impressive. We got a hoarder. I mean, just walking home from school, yeah. I, I am handed so much trash off the ground for some kind of notional collection. And That's I get so home, bad. my pockets are just full of like string and bird parts, you know, yeah. uh, like just all these little, this, these pieces of trash. Then I'm, I'm just like, honey, I... We're gonna take this home, and this is this is me, right? It's like some Sisyphus Cassandra thing. Like I know we're, I'm gonna get home. I don't know. First, I don't know why. I'm a combination of Sisyphus and Cassandra. I'm Cassandra because I know the future and can't do anything about it, and I'm Sisyphus because I have to deal with it over and over oh all the time. My God. Honey, <laughs> we've got a lot of parts of birds that you put into my hand over the years, and they're just stuff all over the house right now. Mm. And it's not. Here's the thing: it's not a collection unless you've Put them all together in a careful way in one place. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's hoarding. I mean, you could still be a hoarder and have collections, but that's why I'm so impressed with your son. 
I mean, we've got, we've got, we just have piles of things, uh, sharp things, Lego things, pink things. There's just, there's so many, our kids are at an age where all of their toys have lots of parts. It's the worst. How do you sort, how do you handle the sorting and organization of Legos? Uh, if I had my druthers, it's basically what I would do for a living because I find it incredibly satisfying and I'm really good at it. And then it only lasts for like, you know, five seconds. Job security, true job security. Oh, are you kidding me? My, my, my poor long suffering wife who has really become much more tolerant of having Kipple around than she ever would have imagined she could be. Mm. She'll spend two and a half hours cleaning a room. And that's how long it takes to clean a room mm-hmm. when you have a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. And my daughter will come in. We'll, I'll have taken her out so my wife can have some time to clean. Mm-hmm. We'll come in. She'll say, thank you, mommy. She'll do three balletic spins in the now open area. <laughs> right. And then... That's a celebratory dance. <laughs> that's, that's the dance. That's the, it's the opening, uh, the opening ceremonies of tearing open everything that just got put away. And anyway, sorry, that's kind of Irma Bombeck humor. But it's true. Um, like, you know... And, but you know, we still, sometimes I think part of the key is that like, because she's not a collector now, would he notice if you like took stuff out of one of his boxes? Like, would he notice it? Does he really know what's in those boxes? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Kind of. In a, in he a notice, very. Would he notice a box was missing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or moved even. Like if you put a box back in the wrong spot, he'll be like, no, 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 that, that box, that's called my art supplies. You know, that goes over here, and the one that's called uh, Small Toys 2 goes over here, and this one is supposed to be on top of this one. Not because he's OCD about it, like, you move my box, but more like, I won't know where to find anything if you, uh, if you, uh, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be here. I can find it if it's there. Man. I'm I, honestly, I'm not, I'm not sandbagging. I'm so envious of that. My daughter has absolutely no desire to do any of that. It's, it's, uh, she's really, uh, creative. Like every afternoon, sometime in every afternoon, she goes into this fugue state where she plays with almost everything that she owns and it becomes this ongoing story that evolves. Oh, and she'll just appear. Yeah. And she'll just walk up to me and say something like, okay, now I'm Captain America, but I'm a cat, but you know that I'm actually Captain America. <laughs> And all I can say is meow. And then she goes and makes something with Lego. And then she disappears for 20 minutes and does something with stuffed animals. And they come out all tied together. And she gives me an update. She says, okay, now you are, now you, you were, you're the 10th doctor. I'm the 11th doctor. I was the 11th doctor, but now I'm the 10th doctor's dog. And, and, <laughs> and now we have to untie the stuffed animals. Yeah. Uh, but she's not smart. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, I, 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 you know, it's very, I think it's common to a fault for parents to see themselves and their kids that we like to see the good stuff, but I definitely see the bad stuff or the stuff I wish were different about me. Like, you know, um, there were some, there were times in life where I got really like with D and D I was hyper organized about everything related to D and D. Everything was always, you know, really put together or Bible study. I was really good, very organized about Bible study. But when I was her age, I was exactly the same way. My room was notorious. It was like a super fun site. It was, it was unbelievable what my room was like, but you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, if we had two of them, we could, you know, hit them against each other, I guess. That's, that's the thing. When you got one. <sighs> yeah. And then some people get dogs. Can you imagine that having Lego and dogs? No, I mean, I can't imagine how you would keep track of all of this. 
we were we went to visit some family last night, and I mean this is not interesting, but like she's we're struggling to get out the door because as you know, it takes thirty five minutes to leave to go anywhere, and then and then she's yelling at me because I'm not ready. It's my fault. And so, because because it's taken all of this time to go like uh, now the other sock, uh, come on, like you you know how this works. There's the clothes that have to be on and the things that must be gathered, and we all must leave through a door. And it always goes. It should always go the same way. This 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 is a very mature system, honey. Please help us leave the house. And she's she's like, okay, well, she's put her sonic screwdriver in into a bag. And then she says, where's my sonic screwdriver? I say, it's in the bag because you wanted to bring it with you. Right. Okay. And she goes and she gets it. And she's playing with it. And then she's trying to find places where she could almost drop it into something, but it wouldn't drop all the way in. And, you know, she, she's having moments of peril with, with her new favorite toy. And then she'll just turn to me and her new line, by the way, right now, her new line for everything is don't worry. Don't worry. I could get it back if I had to. Yeah. I'm like, honey, look, we're leaving. Sonic screwdriver. I was like, if you lose that, that that's a scientific instrument. We're not going to get you another one of those if, if you lose that one. I hate saying stuff like that, but it's true. You can't just go buy five of these things. And my hand to God, in the amount of time it took for me to say that, grab a bag and go down to the car. She, we got into the car. She gets into the seat and she says, where's my sonic screwdriver? Because, of course, she left it upstairs, and it was in, in that, it, again, not to be all Doctor Who, but it was like <laughs> Weep Angels, where I blinked, and then a second later, it could have been literally anywhere in the house. It could have been in the freezer. It could have been in between some tied-up stuffed animals. It took me 15 minutes to find it when I came back upstairs. It's, it's the finding of things that— It's ponderous. Yeah, it is ponderous. And, and the way that little—the little tiniest things. So there's—they uh, sell these little things. Uh, they're like— mini figs, Lego figures that they sell individually, sort of a, a blind box of where yeah. they, but it's a little sort of uh, wrapped in a little thing. You tear it and there's your fig. And uh, we got one of a Yeti, which I couldn't believe because that's the number one, one that I want. And as soon as we open, it, I'm like, I'm going to have to take that one to work. We can get you another one. And he's like, no, I'm keeping the Yeti. So fine. He went, he wins that round <laughs> title. And, uh, and, uh, he, uh, so it, it's holding the tiniest of ice shovels Ugh. and you know, it, it's so the, t- the little ice shovel, it's blue and it's this tiny, tiny little, he's just begging to be lost. And it's, it's like, it's, I know what you're talking about. We just got, we just got a set of all. 11 doctors, tiny doctors. It's in the English version of Lego. Yeah. They're like, they're like these little tiny things <laughs> and they each come with their own sonic screwdriver. That's like the size of like long grain rice. <laughs> I know. And of course, if this thing gets lost, forget it. It's, we have a whole house that it could get lost into with carpet. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous how these little Dead, things. Deadpool's gun from that, Deadpool's <laughs> gun could fit under my fingernail. <laughs> Like, honey, you really need to keep that in the box with the tiny guns. It's just so bad. So as far as organizing, so uh, Cash is actually very good, surprising, I think I mentioned this, at following the instructions so that he can get the book and he looks at the book and then he – and, you know, sometimes there are parts that are a little too difficult like getting the rotors right on the helicopter or something. You know, like they're all supposed to go one way and not the other way. So it's from building the kit. Like Building the kit. Those are cool. So yeah. he'll build from the kit – and he'll he'll get it. He'll build the thing, and then he'll he'll be holding the box in one hand. And so there, usually you can build at least two or three things 
from one of the smaller kits. So you can build, you can use a third of the parts and build a little water sled. You can build, you know, uh, you can use two thirds of the parts and build the car and you can use all the parts and build the plane. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's not like we just got one that's a very prescriptive uh, from the girls subset of Lego called Friends. We just made a bakery the other day where you can make a bakery or not make a bakery. And that's pretty much it. I've seen the ones you're talking about where you could make like it's it could be a house or it could be two mailboxes or three litter boxes. Like you can you you give you options for making these different things. That's those are fantastic. The Duplo versions of those are great for little kids. Duplo. Duplo. Hi. I like some Duplo. Hi, can I ask you a question? Do you have tiny hands but large desires? <laughs> Enjoy a block? Not opposed to the Danish? Hi. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, so he's got one of these. And he's sitting there holding the box. And and he's built the car and or, or he's built the plane and not the helicopter, whatever. And and he's he's looking at me and he's like, which is cooler? The helicopter, which is what he's built. And he's, then he's looking at the box or the plane. See, because building the plane would mean dis- fully disassembling the helicopter. I'm like, well, I think the helicopter is cool. He's like, but is it the coolest? Which brings us to our topic of the day and, and making about choice. That's a really good topic. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm going to say, and then this is not going to help, and it didn't help. I can already tell. <laughs> stay with the helicopter. Obviously, really? the helicopter is going to be cooler. Right. It's got parts that move. It's got a, it's got the things that the little black thing with the nubbin on it where you can make the thing spin around. All right. But I like that. We've, we've got an X-Men helicopter that's pretty badass. Do you, so are you into buying the kits mainly or do you? I, I, I feel, I can't remember how many people I've had this conversation with in the last week and a half because I've had this conversation with all of the people and it's, I had this breakthrough. I, I finally realized what's happening with the little Lego kits and I never, it used to be just a source of utter frustration. When we were in New Zealand and we're trying to constantly placate her with, with something to keep her busy for five minutes, um, we got, I told you this, we got a land speeder. I've told this story before. We got a land speeder and it's like a, a nine to 12 level toy. Right. And we got it home and it's in like 35 tiny bags with absolutely no apparent sense of organization. It's, it's organized like Amazon.com distribution centers. It's like there's a logic to it that I will never understand. All I know is that every single one of these things is something that we will need. And if for any reason we can't find it, then Luke doesn't get a land speeder. Mm. And also, you know, you know, this is how they get you. This is how they get you. You ever try and buy those little characters, like buy them on their own, not as part of a kit or not as part of your blind barks? Oh yeah, they're 50, like fifteen dollars each for like a maybe one and a quarter inch high little Lego person. I think they're about fifteen dollars each if you can find them because they're usually very limited. But we we bought a whole freaking helicopter to get Wolverine. So anyway, that's the way we roll. Do what but you got to do. Here's what I realized, and I, now it's so obvious. It's one of those things that's so obvious. Now I just feel stupid. They're basically a modern version of Ravel models. I never, I used to think like, oh no, this is really just this thing that scotches your creativity by giving you all these built to purpose dinguses. But really it's like a tiny version of a, like a Ravel model from when I was a kid. It's just that it also happens that you can then use the parts for other stuff when you're oh, done. Right, when you're right, done right. making a bakery or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? You built those, right? You built models. Yeah. I'm sure. I wasn't very good at it, but I really enjoyed it. My I was never good. I never had the patience to, to build the really, really detailed ones. I would like, I'd build the car 
And I, and then I'd be done with it. And I knew other kids that, that you know, they would paint them and they'd do all the oh decals my perfectly. And my cousin made a, like a, a one foot long Bugatti. <laughs> they made, they made Messerschmitts. They made zeros. They had like, I wasn't allowed to touch them because they were so perfect. And the paint, they, they would paint it like they had their own way of painting it beyond what it was suggested. So it looked more like it had wear and tear on it. Yeah, I was like, like, a, like a, do a, do like a wash over it or something. Yeah. Same yeah. like with my Ralpartha figs, basically I just dip them in cadmium blue, put some eyes on them and say, let's start playing <laughs> primer. What's primer. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm enjoying it. I enjoyed the bakery, the bakery, uh, the bakery was very fun to build. I like the little kits. And I've seen people, like I've watched over the years, I would watch Montero and his kid as they made like crazier and crazier. Like they made the really, really big Millennium Falcon. Mm. I mean, it's like something you would go to a museum to see. Oh it's, my gosh. You know what I'm talking about? It's, yeah. there, it's exquisite and it's like ours. So I, I guess I'm realizing that it's somewhere between, it's closer to a, you know what I mean? Was that Ravel? That's the, that's the company, right? I, think, I, the one, I think you're saying it right. But you know, there's like, you know, a scale for me, it was always like tanks, cars, gun, uh, tanks, cars, planes, usually, you know, machines of destruction, as you do. And uh, it's kind of like a model and a little like a puzzle. I think that's, I think that now that, that it, it took that change in my mental model to appreciate uh, these Lego kits. Mm-hmm. As far as organization, yeah. we uh, are very under-resourced for Lego storage. Um, but what we, at one point we had reached Lego equilibrium in a way that was satisfying to us where we bought a very large yellow Lego head. Have you seen this? You get this head. It looks like, oh, I have, yes, I have seen the Lego head. You know what's coming here, right? Yeah. Yeah. You get this Lego head and, uh, it looks a little bit, ours has a a flaw on it. So a little, it looks a little bit like, uh, Anakin Skywalker. It's kind of cool. It's got like a little eye scar on it. So we, but anyway, you get this head, it's a big yellow head. It's got a big yellow Lego looking thing on the top. Yeah, and screw. And it's actually it's either going to be really obvious to people who already have this or inscrutable to people who don't. It's actually the head actually is three trays of different sized screens, basically. So the top level screen is very, very the top level shelf. They all fit on into each other. The top one is very, very big squares. Mm-hmm. Right? The level below that is kind of medium sized squares. The bottom tray is smaller squares. And you can get what you do. You're basically, you're like, you know, doing, doing a Deadwood thing here. You're gold mining. Like you just, you dump oh, right. a bunch of Lego in there and shake it, which is really loud. But you shake your Lego in this thing and it goes, and it filters through those different levels so they get organized. So all the little one nubbin guys go all the way to the bottom. They're like two by two guys. I know there's names for these. I So it's like, um, like the way they sort out the, the you know, the, the two small tomatoes and the big plant, the little ones roll down one way, the big ones go the other way. So what? So what? Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's like Corn Star for pla- Corn Star. Corn Star. <laughs> now, Corn Star would be great. <laughs> I would totally go to Safeway with my change if I could sort corn. No, it's like Coin Star for Lego. You know, that was a hard engineering problem to solve, sorting coins. You know that, right? Uh, I, no, I didn't really know that. Yeah, I think it started as like an MIT. You got Coin Star there, right? Those are the things where they're like, uh, it's, it's like a kiosk where you dump your coins and then they all go into the little things and it count and it gives you back uh, money or it's something. It's the best. It's the best. I mean, it's a racket because they keep nine or 10%, but like, oh my God, over the days of rolling pennies, like I will never roll pennies. There's no way that's worth my time, but I do save a lot of my change and I keep putting it in a jar, take it there because I'm old 
This is the kind of thing I do. I put it on my calendar. What's <laughs> Coinstar Day? Mm-hmm. But you go and do that, and uh, you can get uh, quite a chunk of money. It's actually, you know, life hack. It's a good way to uh, save money for like a project or a vacation. It's true. If you always take all of your change every day and put mm-hmm. it in a jar, you will have at least $1,100 at the end of the year. It's true. What's um, the thing where they say you put a penny in for every time bef- before you're married, and then you, you take a penny out every time after, and you'll never take all the pennies out? Is that it true? It's like either 7-Eleven or some very deep insight. Take a penny, leave a penny. Yeah. From heaven. Hmm. Um, I like the Legos, but, you know... Uh, you know, I think it's when I, you know, how there's all those like uh, magazines of like home porn, all the people who are like, if you look at something like, what's the one with all the horizontal slats in it? Um, dwell. You look at these things and you see like the children's area and it's in this, in this like 7,000 square foot house made out of like extremely dark wood and glass. And there's this one area, <laughs> this one area under the stairs that has a single child's drawing with a magnet held to it. And then like one small toy that a, a, a barefoot child in white pants is playing with like, what world are you living that's in that's creepy it is creepy i i mean it's a little bit what i until i knew you better it's kind of what i imagined things would be like at your house like you have a toy you get to check it out oh my gosh that's what i wanted that's exactly what i wanted that was the whole thing like you you'll you'll be playing with this toy for a little while and maybe if there's three or four toys you know things get a little out of hand no it's nothing like that <laughs> I just originally remembered something. What? Do you remember your trick you used to do with cash? Your really mean trick that I still can't decide if it actually worked or not. Tell me. You would say you're going to keep the car. Remember? If, you, if this happens, you're, you're going to keep the car. Remember, he was really into cars for a while. Yes, yeah. And very the only much. way you could get him to do anything was to take his cars away. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's still kind it's of. It's a phase. Well. Yeah. I, I, this is, <laughs> I've only done this twice, and I felt so terrible about it both times I did it. I, it just This is just honest. <laughs> My daughter, I, I, we are, we have been so successful at getting her to understand what it means to clean up her own stuff that she now, I've realized, we've realized in the last couple of months that to her, when we ask her to clean something up and then really say, seriously, you need to clean this up before bedtime, this area has to be, you know, gone. All your stuff has to be out of this area. Mommy just spent two hours cleaning this. Like there can't be your stuff in the middle of this area. If I step on a brown Lego, I'm going to be a sad little man. Um, and so, and then we say, no, really, honey bath is over. Now you really need to clean this up. And she, that reads as punishment to her, I think, it, you know, cause we're, we're speaking in a stern voice, which we don't do so much. And it's, and it's, I think she, and then she gets upset. She might cry. Like, it sounds like we're punishing her by asking her to clean up her stuff. So obviously eh, parenting failure at that level. But sometimes I do reach the end of my rope with this. Cause it seems pretty blatantly obvious that I'll say, look, just, okay. I'll tell you what, I even make you a deal. Just clean up, just clean up the puzzle pieces. And we do periodically just throw out all of the puzzles. She doesn't know where they go. It might as well be magic to her. But there's no point. We, we can't keep all these puzzles. There's no, eh, she doesn't play with them, and there's parts everywhere. But what I'll do is I'll say, look, just do this one thing. And then she won't do that. And I'll say, listen, you need to go in there. And look, look where I'm looking. Do you see everything in here? Everything in here that's yours. Can you identify the things in this room that are yours? And she'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, get all of those things, put them in a box, and get them out of here. <sighs> And when that doesn't work, <laughs> and she says, okay, I'm done. You know what I say? I say, are you sure? Do you want to look again? Is there any chance that there's anything in this room that belongs to you that you would like to keep? Because here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you one more time. 
and then I'm going to take everything in this room that mm-hmm. I can find mm-hmm. that's yours, and I'm going to give it away. <laughs> she suddenly develops so much clarity about what stuff in the room is actually hers. It's a life hack. Yeah, it is. I mean, and this is so the, yeah, I, I do remember kind of vaguely the whole taking away the, the, the car thing, but it's trying to get him to, you know, like if, if there's a behavior that's gone well, well, well past what's tolerable by any human and, and he's just unwilling to stop whatever the behavior is. Then now it's it, we. Used, I used to get like a frustrated. Now I'm like, I've 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 given you, you know, a one warning. If I have to give you another, you know, if if you do it again, I will I will take away this thing. And whatever the thing is, has to be the the thing that he his most recent acquisition. I'll be taking away the fossil. Yeah, kids. They're like cats. They're only interested in the most recent thing. Yeah. And and okay. How and and then then he he tries to sort of well, how long will you take it away for? <laughs> I'll be like, uh, I'm like that doesn't matter. Well, will you just have it till dinner, or will it be till tomorrow? Because like in his mind, he's weighing out: can I keep? I, I kind of want to keep do. I kind of want to keep tormenting my sister. So, you know, if you take it away, like just till dinner, I'll torment her again. It'll he's, be he's worth gaming it. the system. Yeah. He's trying to figure out like what his odds are. Yeah. Man, you know I didn't grow do? up you with should... a sibling like like that, so I I, I don't know the. The full amount of pleasure that you get from tormenting your younger sibling, but it seems like it's a lot. It seems like it's it, it seems very to me high. Like you, you've got a pretty good sized house. Here's what I think you should do. You should get some kind of a cube, not a large cube, <laughs> but a cube <laughs> right. that's clear yeah. and well lit and very, very, very clean uh-huh. and large enough for your daughter to be inside of and play comfortably. Okay. And I so think what happens is in, one close her, not not the offender, but enclose oh, no, her. No, no, no. Way worse. No, there's holes. She can breathe fine as okay. long as she doesn't get too excited. Okay. But here's how this works. Here's the thing, Cash. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the fossil, and I'm holding my hand. I'm asking you one more time, like a gentleman. You gonna put this away? You know where this goes? Uh, what are you gonna do, Baba? And then what you do is you walk over and you go, and the cube rises, and you place the fossil oh, inside God. of the cube. Right. And now inside the cube, in full sight. In this beautiful, essentially this giant case, right. is the thing that he's not allowed to have anymore. And then when he cries, you take your daughter over there, let her go inside and play with it. Boom, close the top. And he has to watch her play with it. Oh, that's see, but that's the whole worst thing right now is he will go, okay, so like the little Getty, he'll have the figures out and he'll be playing with three or four of the figures and he'll be on the, you know, the little uh, table that we have in the family room, which has one of those custom made Yes, custom made. Like it's basically looks like a blanket and there's padding underneath it on the corners and it's elastic around the bottom and it snap fits over the coffee table to prevent injuries to kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a mm-hmm. coffee table with a a, a blanket that's it's a custom- baby proof baby proof table. Right. And so we have this around there mainly for MJ, but he'll be he'll have stuff set up. And, you know, he'll get distracted and he'll walk away. MJ will come over and, of course, whatever he's playing with, that's the best thing ever. So she wants to play with that. And he'll come right – he'll realize in, in the other room, he'll realize that she may be out there playing with his stuff. 
and he'll come tearing out of there and I'll be like, no, MJ has my, you know, whatever. And we're like, well, what did you leave it there for? And then, of course, he's not going to say to her, can I please have that back? And guess what? At age two, she will give it back to him. She'll just, may I please have it back? Yes. She's an angel. And then, uh, but he won't say that. He'll grab it out of her hand or, or you know, push or whatever they, they do. I'm like, you don't that's, have that's, to do that. Just tell her you want it back and she'll give it right back to you. That's 10 minutes in the cube. <sighs> it's the worst. Isn't that awful? It's the worst. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, power stuff being played out everywhere all the time. That's just, that's just an easy example to see. It's just but, like yeah. the workplace, really. It really is like the workplace where productivity is important. <clears throat> Did you want to tell me about something you like? While you uh, prepare that, I would love to tell you about our sponsor, Squarespace. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it easy to create your own website for a free trial. And 10% off if you decide to sign up. You will go to squarespace.com. You will use the offer code GROCERYLIST, all one word which is a reference to our episode where we talked about the, the grocery lists. They're constantly updating their platform. They've got tons of new features. I've been using the heck out of, uh, out of Squarespace for a few different things. The most recent of which is the baconmethod.com, uh, where I was uh, selling a whole bunch of, you know, shirts and mugs and everything. And I, I really wanted to try out their commerce system, which is really, really great. And so now that finally all we had all these weird weather delays and all kinds of crazy uh, stuff, like you wouldn't think that in Texas, that you get weather delays, but like all the blanks for the t-shirts were delayed by like seems a like, week. Seems like you get like rattlesnake delays. <laughs> hey, right. What happened? Well, the truck driver was bit by a couple <laughs> rattlesnakes and made a nest inside his wheel well. No. Uh, so what's the problem, officer? Well, I'm going to have to ask you to stay here just to set a spell. We are going to, we got about 50,000 rattlesnakes in the road. <laughs> But there were these delays and the mugs got delayed. And then the, anyway, the only thing we had were magnets. So all the things got delayed. But anyway, so as you go through this, you can go, you can print out the packing slips. And then when you ship something, you check a little box and it sends a, a nice little notification to the people who bought it. it. says, oh, we shipped it out today. All of that cool stuff. It's all thought of. They've got really great. But what if you don't have anything to ship and you just want to make a really pretty a website? Well, Squarespace lets you do that. Well, what if you've been, you know, Jim uh, Dalrymple was talking to me on Amplified. Uh, earlier in the week, he sat right here in the studio across from me and he's been running on WordPress for a while. And he's so frustrated because all these, I'm not bashing, uh, WordPress. I'm just telling you what he said. He says, you know, there's always these security updates and these other exploits and things, and that he can be on a trip traveling somewhere. And, you know, there can be somebody's hacking his site and shutting it down. You know, no site is going to be uh, impervious. No solution is going to be perfect, but it's nice to know that Squarespace has people sitting there who are just every single day testing and securing and working to make the site better. And that, that if somebody's attacking their site, well, it's not up to you to try and figure that out. They're going to figure that out. They've got people there who are skilled in that kind of thing. Who are going to make sure that their site and all the sites that they, because Squarespace itself runs on Squarespace. It is Squarespace. So, you know, it, it, the knowledge that you don't have to stress out about that. He's talking about switching now, which is pretty interesting. But anyway, they've got an iOS app uh, that lets you, it's called Squarespace Blog, lets you uh, post and edit your articles, review posts, monitor comments, all of that stuff. I've been using Squarespace Metrics a lot, which is a fun way to see how many people are visiting your site and what they're doing when they get there and how they got there, what search terms. And it's all, all uh, you know, right there in, on your phone. It's really cool. So anyway, try these guys out. No credit card required. If you decide to purchase, it's going to start 
at just eight bucks a month with our code. You get a free domain name if you start, uh, if you go for a year. Anyway, 10% off, support the show, grocery list, one word. And uh, these guys are just great. Go to squarespace.com. Thanks very much to them for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work with Merlin Man. Mm. <clears throat> I suggested, uh, where, where was this? Somewhere on the, on the Twitter, um, somebody wrote a nice toot to say how, I'm not sure how they found this, but they went back and listened to uh, episode 47 of this program. Oh, I know the one you're talking, the person you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. I don't have it in front of me, but really it, was, nice. they, they, it was nice. And uh, what they said was, you know, thanks for the, uh, this episode about, you know, New Year's resolutions. So, um, and I went back and listened to it. It's actually, you know, it's back when the show was pretty good. You remember this? It's called, it's uh, episode 47 mm-hmm. of your back to work program. That was the it's last called, good episode, I think. No, no. Take off 40 from that. Oh. I think I think it's a seven. Mm. Mm. It's called arithmetic. <laughs> utter failure and ho- <laughs> utter failure and hotel steak. Resolving to skip the New Year's resolutions. And I think it's pretty good. It's it's arguably, I think, one of the most outlined episodes. I know you like the ones where I plan ahead. It's very outlined, but I, I think it's a good episode and it's got a lot of uh, good stuff in it. And um you know, there's something about this time of year that makes everybody want to do stuff like New Year's resolutions. I think it's a very reflective time. It's, you know, I think winter in general is kind of a inward turning time. But I think something about the end of the year and the chance for a fresh start makes us want to think about this stuff. So, I, you know, I, I will refer you uh, to that episode and suggest you listen to it because uh, I think it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I also went back <laughs> and listened to the talk show episode from that week. When John had the daring, daring fireball holiday party. Oh, right. I don't know if you remember that. It's the one about that hack, Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> and whether there, why there's no girl hobbits. Uh, Jenny McCarthy on a toilet. Yep. <laughs> She's from promiscuous girls. It's really funny. Anyway, uh, oh, this is the salad days. But I don't want to. I don't want to necessarily uh, reiterate a, a whole butt ton of stuff from that episode because I think it stands fine on on its own. But the reason I mention this is is talking about what we just all the Irma Bombeck stuff we just talked about. I'm gonna toss something out to you. Um, tell me what you think. I, I, I'm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Necess- I'm not saying this to try and sound like I'm a, a good parent. If anything, I'm saying this to try and say like what I've something I learned that I'm still crappy at, but now I've learned it's worth trying at. When you talk about stuff like, okay, you feel like or we feel like parents, whoever it could be, you know, in a minute. Don't worry, this won't be about parenthood in a minute. But like, um, you feel like you've made a really clear expectation with people about how something should go. And it's, it seems so unassailably obvious that when you're done, like every time you've ever taken out all of the Legos, I have then asked you to put away all of the Legos. Mm-hmm. And then we've had a big thing about it and you didn't put away all the Legos. And I stepped on a brown Lego and I was sad and I ended up putting the Legos away. And you think about those cycles that we go through over and over and over again. And I, I you know, for example, let me just say one thing related to this. Like, I, I've I've never wanted to be the countdown parent. I think the countdown is a terrible idea. Tyler, Tyler Murray helicopter, Tyler Murray helicopter, you get into that minivan right now, Tyler. I'm gonna count to three, Tyler. One. Mm. I'm counting, Tyler. Two, Tyler. So you're saying you guys never count. Well, here's the thing. What is that when you, what I'm trying to get to is uh, eventually, is that when you tell Tyler 
that he needs to do something. And then you say to Tyler that you're going to start counting if he doesn't do it. And then you start counting. And then you start reminding him. You actually said, said to him, here's something that I'm going to want you to do after I bug you about it five times. Think about that. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I would like to think that we can say, you know, I, I told you a long time ago, my thing that was working for a while was I'm only going to ask you to do this one time. And, and, and it worked. I would say, please clean up your Legos or please stop doing this insane thing with a knife. I'm going <laughs> to tell you one time. And then it's not going to be an issue anymore because you're going to stop whether you like it or not. A little heavy handed. But the key part in that, like the, the, think about the person who's yelling at Tyler to get into the minivan. Think about the person who is um, yelling at the kid because they once again have not cleaned up the Legos. Think about somebody who's yelling at his or her employees because they have not followed this extremely explicit order that's a standing order that everybody should know. Million examples of this out there in the world. But they'll have something in common, which is you get back to this, I'm telling you again about this thing you need to do that you should have known to do. And I've thought about that a lot. And what I've realized for myself, the thing that I suck about, that I think a lot of people might suck about, is not realizing that the most habitual part of that entire thing is the whining, is the browbeating. The consistency that would make someone do the right thing in your absence was never there. There's some failure at the beginning that you thought was really clear to the other people. If, my, if I had been consistent in, in some way, whether that was being mean or being nice or being supportive or being whatever, if I had been con- always handled something exactly the same way with a different approach, I would have always gotten different results. The part that's perplexing to us is when we keep doing something the same way called that consistency, even though it's consistently making the same crappy results. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes, I don't know if that makes sense. Let's take it straight to the office. All right. You know, how many times do I have to tell you that you need to fill out your TPS reports by this time? I can't believe we're having this conversation again. Something about that. It's like as the manager person in that situation, Mr. Manager man, like you might think that you're the one who's being really smart and consistent, but are your employees really that stupid? Why, why has that become something that you have to browbeat them about all the time? And, and that's what I'm realizing with the parenting stuff. Where if, and, and why I think it's related to the, to the New Year's resolution stuff mm-hmm. is once again, whatever you do over and over is what becomes normal. Whatever you reward repeatedly becomes the standard. Whatever people observe being the result of something over and over is, is what becomes reality. And I think if we're not getting the results that we want out of something, rather than being clinging to this idea about how right and consistent we are about something, I think we need to ask ourselves if we're being consistent about something stupid and maybe need to rethink the thing that we thought we were so right about. This is, is that, getting, okay, so this is, break this down a little bit for me. A little, little bit high level, a little bit high level. So, well, okay, so the first the first thing that you're you're saying is kind of goes back to, you know, the, the scientific method of observing something. And if you observe something, kind of conditioning. So here's an example back to, I know we can't talk about, I, have you noticed that the show has sort of shifted away from the, the, the early first 20 minutes of the show used to be about comics and now it's about parenting. I'm just making an observation there. Uh, well, it makes sense because I only do it every Wednesday. I know. So, uh, MJ, two years old, uh, she, okay. When, when my wife is there. 
she is constantly sort of, it, it, it's a, a constant whining. I want to be, you know, pick me up, hold me. I want this other thing. Whatever. And, and my wife is like, I don't know. I, I can't make her stop whining. My wife leaves and goes to the grocery store and I'm there with the two kids alone. There's no whining. MJ will come over to daddy. Can you please give me this thing? Else, of course I can. And hand it to her. Right. Wife shows up. I want you to. Think. Okay. So why is there a difference there? And I've totally figured it out because when, when I'm with my kids, I don't do anything else. I don't, I'm not washing dishes or putting things away or organizing something or trying to do I, all, all of those things. That's what my wife does when she's, you know, when she's there, she's always having to run the household and multitask and do everything else where I have this, and I'm, I'm being completely serious, this amazing luxury that most of the time when I'm there and I'm not working, I'm just pretty much focusing on, on them. If they're awake, I'm pretty much like, well, what do you guys want to do? Or I'm interacting with them or whatever. That's not always, I, of course I have other stuff I, I have to do, but when she goes to the grocery store for, for an hour or two, I'm with them and I'm pretty much just responding to them. I mean, this is going furthering your point. Trust me. She has learned that in order to get mommy's attention, she has to, she would first ask and then she, I can't help you right now, sweetie. I'm putting the dishes away or I can't help you right now. I'm, I'm getting this thing done or I'm helping cash with this other. You see what I'm saying? So she asks again and she gets, it's okay. I'll be right there. You have to wait one minute. Kids don't know how to wait. You have to wait one minute. So, so then she'd start whining about it and that's when she would get the help or, or, you know, whatever it was that she wanted, the snack or who knows, whatever. So in her mind, intelligently and correctly, she skipped with my wife. She skips over the asking, asking again, asking a third time and just goes straight to the whining. Yep. But with dad, she's being efficient. Very efficient. With dad, she just asks and, and probably gets it the first, maybe the second time. Because I'm not trying to do a million other things to keep the house running. And and I can just kind of, you know, get her. Into, oh, will you please get me this? Sure, I will. And it's it's the same kid, the same desire, but this different set of dynamics and the observable result. They, does that kind of connect with what no, you're that, talking about at all? It absolutely does. It's a, excuse me. <clears throat> That's a really brilliant way to put it. And it's it's funny because in that instance, she's kind of like the manager. She, Your daughter is kind of like the Martin Scorsese who has had enough experience with the talent to know how to get what she wants, what performance she wants right. out of her talent. Exactly. So she knows like what's going to work best. In the same way that Scorsese would give a different note to, to a different actor in a different way. I think it's a really great way to put it. We, we have something similar where like there's certain kinds of... Uh, I don't know how to say this, but in certain kinds of behavior that we would just assume were not a regular thing that my wife never gets and I always get and vice versa. So in the same case, like for example, we'll have three hours of hanging out at the house with just my daughter and me and everything's mm -hmm. copacetic. And as soon as my wife comes in the door, my daughter starts whining. It's, 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 it's weird, but she has a different MO that I, you're making me think now that maybe that's something related. Cause there's stuff that one thing we have not been great at is getting her to understand like, well, you know, you're old enough now to understand that like you're, you can't always be the center of attention immediately all the time. Right. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to cook dinner with heat, I need to pay attention to that. You know, I, I, I can't, I can't come in and, and be the owner of the 10th doctor's dog just right this second. Because I have to go do something with heat, right? Um, but but I think it's all it's all of a piece, and I, I apologize if I'm putting this 
in my usual ramshackle, confusing way. But whatever we do over and over is what reality is. And, you know, little kids, in a way that neither we nor they could articulate, pick up patterns so well. Mm -hmm. They're so good at picking up patterns. And again, this goes back to whatever. It goes back to Skinner or Piaget or whatever. It goes back to conditioning. And if the bird learns that it gets a pellet when it pecks on the bar, that becomes a pattern that start making sense. I mean, look at all the stuff that's done with, you know, understanding how rats can get through mazes and figure out patterns and stuff like that. And what happens when you disrupt that? I think, I think little kids uh, have an uncanny ability to notice what those patterns are. And I remember as a little kid uh, getting to where I knew what adults were going to say before they said it. Hmm. To like where, in, re- in response to something you were going to all ask. All this in heaven too, or whatever. You, you know that there's... <laughs> I, I am sick the and tired of this kind of I thing. I am sick and tired. Right. I'm told you for the thousandth time, like mm-hmm. you, but you know, like you can tell there's a, there's a pattern. There's like a, a like, like, like almost like a tell in mm-hmm. poker. You know that there's like this, this three step thing that always happens. And maybe it's at certain times a day. Well, think about what you know about your kids. And you, and like in our case, like, you know, had a long day last night and the more fun a day is, God forbid we ever go to Disney World because I know if we have a really fun day, it's going to be the worst night we've ever had. The more I've I've noticed that the more fun we have during the day and the more cool stuff that happens, the more of a giant breakdown there usually is at night. Right through some combination of sugar, exhaustion, <laughs> and overstimulation. Right, and so if you've been having a big day, I mean, th- when's the last time your kid had a birthday? Great birthday that it didn't end with screaming. Oh my god! Because gosh, everything never. has gone. Everything has gone your kid's way all day long, and they're full of sugar, and they're overstimulated. And of course, you know that what they really need is to go to sleep. It's been a long day, and it's, it's been a great day. But it's funny. If, if a day has been really, really good, those three things are likely to be in effect. I know that that pattern of three things, if my kid is crying at 9.15 at night, and it's been a birthday with lots of sugar and overstimulation. I don't have to sit there and look things up in a book to wonder why she's crying. I have a, <laughs> it sounds so obvious. Like you, you would, obviously you would know why that is. If your cat is really, uh, is really nervous at the vet. Well, you probably know why that is. That's because your cat's always nervous at the vet. Like that's how it works. Well, I think little kids, especially and little kids and employees are the same way <laughs> where they know what the patterns are. They know if they start hearing a lot of heavy footfall in this room, that the manager's probably frustrated or the, you know, the boss, the owner is frustrated. If you start hearing door slam, you start hearing lots of phones buzzing. There's, I, I can't tell. Cause I mean, I've been in office in a while, but you know what I'm talking about. There, you can feel something change in the air mm-hmm. and you know, what's going to happen after that. Haven't you had times where you go, Oh, I know it's a good time to lay low right now. Like you just know that yeah. the, office man- the office manager is mad because somebody took the big bottle of ibuprofen and now it's going to be night of the long freaking knives. You know something is coming down. Well, I think we all have that as humans in the same way that we tend to recognize patterns around faces. Mm-hmm. We tend to recognize patterns, certain ways of in voice. I think we notice these patterns. All in the service of saying that this kind of goes back to the old management um, beef. But like we think we are being consistent whether as a parent, as a manager, as a coworker, as a partner, as whatever, because we always notice the stuff we think we're consistent about. We may feel like we think we're really consistent about having to constantly nag you to please close the top on the wipes because they'll dry out. Did I say that? Yes. 
it's not that hard. Just close the top. If you don't close the top, they dry I out. Don't, I don't understand. How can you not close the top on them? Because they dry out. The thing is, I walk in. I, hold, I walk into the kitchen. I hold it up. I say, number one, I love you. Number two, hmm? see? See? Now feel this. Feel how dry that is. You got to close this. So I, I feel like I'm really super consistent. How hard could that be to figure out? God knows the 10,000 things that I am terrible about that I am not aware of. But to me, like, I feel like that seems so easy. It's so consistent. Am I keeping in mind that maybe that top got left off because there's 11 jillion other things that had to be done at the same time in the house? And maybe that was not the top priority at the time? No, probably not really taking that into account. The consistencies that I notice, I notice all the things, the consistent things that benefit, not benefit me. I tend to notice all, and I know you're like this, Dan. That's one way I think we're like, we will notice all of these things about what we're doing well and other people are not doing as well. I think that's the patterns most people tend to notice. And so for myself, when I say, okay, these Legos need to get put away, I feel that I am... Just, you know, if I'm not in a reflective moment, I will feel like the, the immediately going to 60 with my frustration mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. is, is is telegraphing to her that she has failed in this expectation that she do this thing. But you know what? I'm a, I probably failed at something a lot, a lot earlier, not just in that transaction about Lego, but in this very, very long journey toward better organized Lego that we've been going through for three years. Mm-hmm. There is something I could have been doing better and more consistently right? Maybe that should have started with me always getting on the floor with her and trying to make it into a game where you look forward to putting the Lego away instead of having it turn into this big thing. But my feeling right now, to be honest, just, just underscored by the fact that my kid now thinks it's punishment if she's expected to clean something up. I did, I did something incredibly wrong over and over, not, you know, deadly wrong. No, no, it's gonna, there's not injury involved, but I am, so, I, I am so incorrect about what I was consistent about. I'm not even sure what I was should have been more consistent about exactly but all i know is that whatever i was doing the signal that i was sending it over and over was wrong and now that's a habit that is extremely hard to oh break. yeah and that's why i think it's like new year's resolutions and this is why if you go back and listen to that episode 47 you know we talk a lot about you know whatever it is that you have done a lot of is who you are and you know it's i think the example i gave was you know we're so resistant to trying to change anything because what we've been consistent about has been things that built negative habits in us, for example. So, you know, if we can't stop drinking this second and not drink again forever, why bother? Let's go have a drink. If I'm trying to lose weight and uh, I, I fell off the wagon this one time, I might as well eat a cake. And it's like, I think that's because you're fighting this inertia of all the stuff you've done a certain way in the past, and it hasn't worked out for you. And you may not even be able to put your finger exactly, uh, exactly on the thing that you were not doing well. But all I can tell you is that there's some, something has been consistent in the past, even if it was doing nothing. And that is the inertia that you fight anytime you want to make a change, is first realizing that there was a pattern to whatever went the way it went, whether you realized it or not, trying to realize what that pattern was. And then in the case of, I mean, could you, can you tell what your cues are? Do you know what your tells are? Oh, man. Do you, do you, do you think your kid, I mean, I'm sure you can guess what some of them are. Like if you get Yosemite Sam face and smoke starts coming out of your ears. Right. But, but <laughs> right. I, I, don't, I don't even think, I, I, I'm guessing probably a change in my posture, right. my voice getting louder, a little do, louder and a little higher. Do you think that the, the kids pick up on that though? 
I think they do. And the reason Tyler doesn't get in the minivan is that he knows he's got the count of three left. I mean, what a bone. Now, I, even I know that. What a bonehead thing to do. I'm going to start counting. Okay. Well, do you, okay. Wait, let me, let me interrupt. Do you feel that the circumstances around it are different? For example, if it's just you and her, is that scenario number one? You and her and mom, scenario number two. You and her in a group of other parents and kids, number three. You know what I'm saying? Because like, here's an example. Um, Cash wanted to have a, a lunch uh, party. I don't know how this idea got, it's probably, I mentioned something about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, he had this, remember we were talking about his pageant, right? Like yeah. a week ago. Well, it turned out that the pageant ended at 10 and we thought it ended at 12. So I said, well, after the pageant, we will go to Elevation Burger, which has grass fed, uh, patties and you get them without a bun and all this. So as we'll go there and we'll, um, you know, we'll bring a couple people from the office and we'll all go and we'll have a little, little party. Well, that did not happen because it ended at 10 instead of at 12. And so we, uh, he, he he's really wanted to do it. So I said, okay, well, we'll do it sometime next week. And that was yesterday. And so a couple of people from the office and I went, we all went to Elevation Burger and ate lunch there. He had, he was really, really well behaved. And at one point, uh, after he was done eating, everyone else was still eating. He sort of got up and started to wander around, you know, the, uh, the restaurant, which we don't li- like for him to do that if there's other people there eating. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he kind of knew he wasn't supposed to do it, looked around at me, and and I just kind of, you know, put, you know, you, you just kind of give him the signal of like two fingers of your hand and you just kind of wave him back toward you, you know, just a couple of things like, no, come on back. <laughs> and he came and he came right back and he sat back down. Okay, that never happens, but he understood that like, Dad's got his people that work with him here, and this is different than the usual time where I'm just going to run all over the place and have to be, you know, captured. And he came, he sat back down. I was so impressed with that, but it was only because this was a different situation. And he kind of, it's like you're saying, he 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 understood that the, maybe the look on my face and the gesture was like, you're going to come right back here now. Right. And because, first of all, I totally agree with you. All of those situations and many more factor into it, including things like how much sleep, how much we've eaten, whether we're sick. There's all kinds of things. But in that instance, you're absolutely right. And I bet also more than he ever would in the family room back at home, he is looking to you for cues. You know, I mean, I bet he's mainly like, you know, whenever we go somewhere, everything's an adventure and you want to go explore and walk between the racks of greeting cards and and all those kinds of things, (laughs) do all the things that you do when you're a little kid. Um, But, but yeah, he probably, maybe he realizes that that was a slightly different situation and he was more open to guidance from you. That's amazing. You did the two fingers and he came right over. You know, you know the gesture I'm doing? I do. It's like a a godfather thing. Like you're a mobster uh, calling over a a cocktail waitress. And it worked. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. usually only works on the waitresses. It never works on uh, Well, they, they, they get paid for it. You yeah. know, it's part of their compensation. He, he should know. He is, there's, you know, toys could be taken away if he doesn't. Could go into the cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> in my head, this all makes sense. <clears throat> it's probably not making sense here. I guess I just, um, I am very, I'm sympathetic I'm more than sympathetic. I, I mean, I'm almost complicit um, with the people who want to see a change in their life. I mean, gosh, that's how all my racket started was mm-hmm. like trying to figure out how to get better at stuff. The the part that that I always, I don't know, I always feel like the the albatross that I have to wear around my neck 
for the rest of my life is to always make sure that I do my damnedest to help focus on the, the, the realer problem. Like the one that the, the bigger problem that you're willing to confront over the one that's easy to understand. And this is a very complicated thing to understand. If you actually really, if you don't really care about changing your life, like you'll be fine. Like just do whatever. Who cares? Like <laughs> anything will work if you don't care how it turns out. But if you do actually want to see some kind of an improvement, you have to address something deeper than the symptoms. And, you know, in, in this instance, think about this. How about this? Here's a really easy one that anybody, who, parent or not, you can understand. You understand that, that when you're out at a, at a restaurant with the grass-fed burgers and people from work, mm-hmm. the sign or symptom that you would like is that your kid is not a monster. So right. the thing the, is the whole, you, the whole thing, I just want to get out of there and not have people think that, uh, that my, my child is a monster and I'm in that class of awful, awful parents who raises a monster. Yeah. Yeah. But that's I mean, all but, I want that. I don't care if they, you know, like some people are like, well, I just want them to think my kid is smart. No, I just want him to think that he's not a monster. Well, th- you know what? Okay. Here's an even, which I he's mean, not. No, he's not. He's a delight. He's an angel. But but think about like even just we just got so many wonderful uh, Christmas cards from friends. I, I uh, you know like family photos, beautiful photos of the family all together. Some of some of our friends, um, and it's nice. It's really nice to see them. Well, the the photo that they put on there, you would like that to be a photo where, for example, like John Syracuse does not have a booger coming out of his nose. Mm-hmm. It's completely understandable that he would want one where Marco's kid does not have a face covered in chocolate or something. Right. Like, you understand that the photo you send out of everybody, it's not that it's posed necessarily, but you want to send out, you want everybody to sit still for the goddamn photo. Can we just get one good photo? <laughs> that is That is a canonical example of... Listen, I don't care if you're having a bad day. Sit down. It's freaking Christmas. We're getting a photo taken to send yeah. to everybody. And we don't want you shucking and jiving in the picture. We all have to look good in this picture. We're going to take it. You know what I'm saying? That's a classic example of, of like even the most patient hippie parent would say, look, just do me a favor. I'm, I know you're not happy right now, but try and at least like look okay for the picture. I think that that is one example that's completely understandable where you would say for once, I'm asking you to look beyond how you feel right this second and what you'd rather be doing. And yeah, you probably do have to pee, but just for a minute, right. just sit down. Let's just get through this. Now, the thing is that is not how we actually live. Nobody actually lives like that photograph. And the truth is that if all we ever did was try and have a perfect photograph that makes us look good to other people, and I'm not criticizing that, you understand. Like, I'm just saying that that's that's an example everybody can understand of, let's just have a nice photo of everybody if we can do that. But that's not how we live. Because the way we live is that if your kid were smiling manically all the time, you'd know that something was (laughs) extremely wrong with them. Yes. And so you would try and get to a slightly deeper level of understanding what's going on. Like, oh, hey, look, it's okay. Let's talk about this. Like, why, why, do you think I joker toxin? Like, what's going on? Why are you doing that all the time? So what I'm trying to say is that that's kind of how it's understandable to like want to have a social media profile that makes you look like a really wired, put together person. But if you actually want to try and address stuff that you want to improve upon, you have to be really open to the idea that there is something that's a little bit effed up about you. And uh, I don't know. This is just something that's going through my mind a lot lately. I, lately, I, I just watch my, everybody's so angry about everything right now. People are just. I, I feel like we have reached like peak anger. Like everybody as a, is as a mad culture. About, 
I, maybe it's just the time of year or what's going on or how quickly I just, I've never seen so many 36 hour lynch mobs in my entire life mm. as in like the last month. And it's, it's, it's funny to watch because like the more passionate people get about stuff, the more quickly they seem to suddenly not care about it. Like two days later, it's mm. really, really weird. Um, and, and I guess I'm, I'm, I'm really interested getting more and more interested in this idea of trying to fix the world because everybody's always got all these solutions about how to get everybody else fixed to the way that they'd like to be. And I think when it comes to self-improvement, you have to be much more quiet with yourself. And because you have to allow yourself to hear this little whispering voice from inside of you about what the actual goddamn problem is. And if you are focusing very heavily on like which one of these weight loss journals you should get or what new pair of running shoes you should get or all of these incredibly superficial things – you're missing out on this really, really quiet voice inside of you that might be begging you to be a little bit more open about what's gone well and poorly in the past. And, and, and as you go to the mall to get the shoes or the diet journal, there may be some small voice you're not hearing, you know, over all the soundtrack and the, and the, uh, Annie's pretzels <laughs> noises. <laughs> you may not be hearing this little voice that says, we're not very good at this Yeah, because we, Hey, seriously, we need to like look at something a little bit deeper than we had the wrong shoes last year. Something there is some habit here that we have not picked up on yet. There's something that's been consistent in the past that we've got to break that is much more important than 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 just not having the right equipment. Go back and listen to that episode 47 because it covers this in more actually useful detail. But you do need the inter- infrastructure. You do need the care. Um, you, you, there's, there's so much more to personal change than just getting more and more keyed up about something and getting more certain in your belief that you've done it right up till now. It, it takes a big step back to realize what the actual deeper Maybe not problem is, but what the actual pattern is. Maybe it's not something good. Maybe it's not something bad. Maybe if you were to really look at your life, you would realize that you've gained a lot of weight because actually you gain weight because you've gotten successful. And when you get successful, you get less time. Mm-hmm. And when you get less time, you get less uh, choices, right. fewer choices about like, you know, what you're going to eat and when. I think this is huge. I mean, I think if you want to like have healthier habits, infrastructure is so important. Um, and the thing is, but if you try to address that with, okay, um, I'm going to go out and like hire, now that I'm successful and very heavy, I'm going to go hire a dietitian. Well, maybe that is it. Or maybe there's some infrastructure you can introduce that would actually improve all kinds of parts of your life. Something we're doing is meal planning. Sounds really dorky, but stuff where we like really try and plan out at least three meals a week with something healthy that we will sit down together. Boy, you talk about tremendous knock-on effects. It's like that that's actually a, a kind of a, a family changing event to arrange three meals a week that you're, you're going to buy good ingredients and cook it together and then sit down and eat it. It makes you sit down in a room together. It makes you clean out the sink. It makes you clean all the art supplies off the table. It's It's got consequences to it if you commit to it. Now, now, to me, that sounds like you, somebody out there who like wants to like make a million dollars this year, that's not going to sound very ambitious. But if I just had, if we have two meals a week that we plan and sit down and execute well, we're so much further along than we were last week. Because the real habit we broke was the habit of, of whatever. The habit of like, we will always fall back into this pattern of, well, maybe we'll just get takeout or go get you mm-hmm. know, tacos or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, the, the real the real problem is not what was on the fork and went into your mouth. The real problem was the lack of planning that led up to that. 
So anyway, I don't know what's going on too long. I would just say go back and, and listen to 47. But whatever, you know, in, in 2014, you know, maybe we could all just go a little easier on each other and just relax. <laughs> I mean, go easy on yourself in the sense of keeping your expectations manageable about what you can actually improve. Don't try to have five New Year's resolutions. If you're going to have them at all, have it be something that is that is supportable by your past and by your history. If you've never succeeded in any fashion at what you're trying to do right now, don't be too surprised if you don't succeed this year either. Because it isn't really your fault. It's, it's the habit's fault. You've got to find some way uh, to hack on that, to come up with something that actually is doable and is consistent. Um, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe I always feel like there are things where you can do things like if you want to walk more, like I said in that episode, if mm-hmm. you want to walk more, give yourself a little mission to go and buy some grass-fed beef at this store that's two miles away that you have to walk to. There are little things that you can do that will build in an infrastructure. If everything stays isolated as these islands of aspiration, these little archipelagos of desire, it's never all going to be sewn together. You're the, you're the responsible party who has to ferry between all of those little bodies and make it all actually happen. And if you've never done that in the past, why in the hell would it be any different next year? Right. So you get a cube. Yep. You get a cube, okay. get some meat, put some holes in the cube. All right. Um, I think, um, probably counting down. Sure. Good thing. Do you count down? Are you counter down? Her? Not on a regular basis. It is very, very, very rare that we would have to, really count down we we do ca- we we might keep track of the of, of like a warning like i've told you once this is your last chance but they're not really like a five like I, if i do a five four three it's more like like okay it's bedtime he's getting his pajamas on and realizes halfway through the process of putting his pajamas on that you know oh this book over here i just want to flip through it for a second i'm like no you're gonna finish putting it on hey, one second five Four, and then he'll just right. kind of roll his eyes and start doing it. But that, 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 that's about it. That's the closest I come to what you're talking about. Well, if I could retcon, um, <laughs> well, on the face of it, this sounds really simple. It seems, this, <laughs> this is good. I'm breaking my own rule already. Because I was about to say, if I could retcon my, my parenthood, one thing I would do differently is to be wildly, wildly consistent about making it clear. See, I know I'm going to say what I was going to say. Okay. What I was going to say was, if I could retcon my parenthood, I would make it very clear that I'm only going to ask one time and then it has to happen. But when I think about that, if I really think about that and take my own counsel, that is so much more complicated than actually doing that because it shouldn't have to be a stressful thing. There's so many other things that would have to happen in order for asking one time to go well. I would have to have been like a decent person through all of that day to not be a real poop heel at nine o'clock when I'm all mad and want them to get, get jammies on in like, you know, six minutes or whatever. It's actually really weirdly complicated unless you want to be like a a terminal butthole kind of dad. Like if you want to be one of those, like, well, now the rules apply because I'm mad and impatient. Like that's who I don't want to be. And I, I get that way sometimes, especially if it's something where like we have to be somewhere and we're late and it, I know it's going to take us 35 minutes to get out of the house. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there's no, it is like retcon in, in, in comics. Like, there's really, it's not that easy to just go and change one thing without changing a whole bunch of things. I would like to think there's a magic wand I could wave to have been more consistent at this one thing. But to be consistent at that one thing, I also would have had to be consistent at a whole bunch of other things. But, and yet, I, I stand by this, that that's still the one thing that I believe is the most important 
and I still want to get better at is being consistent with myself, but really with others, including my kid. Mm -hmm. Because if you're consistent about stuff, you don't need to count down. If you have a, if you ever need to count down, like you, you have done something really wrong (laughs) and you're making it worse every single time. Think about that. Cause like, what's the consequence if when I count to three, what I'm, what I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to shoot you in the leg. Like, but it's what, like it's like I understand that you're not going to listen to me the first time that I say something. So you, you won't take me seriously until, right? You know what I'm saying? And and there's you, know, you might as well say, there. might as well say, listen, listen. If you don't mind, listen. Um, it, it, just if you have a second, I'm only gonna let you categorically ignore me three more times <laughs> before I get impatient. <laughs> right? Oh no, I'm mad already. It's just <laughs> now I'm also mad because I realize I have to let you ignore me two more times. <laughs> Oh, Dan, Dan, what a year, huh? What a year. This is our final show. Yeah, I know. Can you believe it? Ah, it's been good mostly, hasn't it? And now this is the last one, last one we're ever going to do. We never, we never got a chance to do our special Skype trick. Yeah, well, we, you know, things got a little bit better, but now. I hear things about Redacted. I know, and that, and I've tested it and it does work and it works great. You know what? It's going to be a bright, shining 2014. As soon as that thing comes out, I mean, obviously you're not prepared to run. You're not in an in a an environment in which you can run beta software. But if that changes, let me know and we can implement. No, I, I, I'm in that environment. I just uh, I don't like to be in that environment because I have bad luck. I know you do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I have cursed things. I know. Maybe this will also be the year I get a new computer. You never know. Jeez, my freaking my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, I got a MacBook Air. I was a red MacBook Air. Yeah. Showing it off last night. Walking around. Walking around with his computer. You can see all the icons. Hey, look at this. It's really Burr. light. Look at me. I got an icon of a sucker ball. Burr, 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 burr. All right, Dan, happy, happy new year to everyone in your cube. I mean, I don't know how big that cube could be. It could be pretty small. It could be pretty small. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it could be something like a, like a child's bed. You could get bigger ones as needed. But the thing is, I think if you get one size where MJ can play comfortably in mm-hmm. it, cash can, I think you're going to see results. <laughs> Count. One. Two. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to button this up. I love you, Merlin, man. I love you too, Dan Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs>